All right, we are back for part two with our Mr. Smith building inspector. Hello. And we've kind of broken protocol here. There's yeah. no intro song. There's no green book. There's no OBC talk. But there there's is no... something we missed. What? And we missed Mark from Skylux. And he's given us his beautiful home to change the industry and us. educate us. He didn't give it to us, but... Uh, uh, I want the bike. Dude, that bike is moving all the time. You know he's ripping up catwalks up the street. <laughs> no, thanks very much, Mark. Everyone, follow Skylux Roofing on Instagram. He's also on Facebook. He's also yeah, on LinkedIn. We're, this, is, this isn't just about us uh, you know, giving me a shout-out. Like, If you follow this guy, he's doing some amazing stuff. He's doing stuff. some insane work. Like, insane work. He's taking it to other level. Like, I got roofer buddies that are like, why do I want to show my roofing stuff? And I'm like... You better watch Skylux and see what this guy's doing, man. Because not only him, but his crew is killer, man. Solid. Yeah. Thanks, Mark, so much. And let's get back into building inspecting Mister, and building code. Mr. Smith. Uh, Mr. Smith. So he brought all of his documentations. He brought the OBC. He brought the... What was that other book he brought there, uh, Mr. Just Smith? Just a different version of the building code. Uh, it's just a different version. Well, wow. can we talk about that? Why is it still 2012 if so many bylaws are changing? They've just been adding amendments to the 2012 building so code. So how do you get that upgraded then? You can, again, it's online. Download can, it. Yeah, no, I know, but I want to know how to do this. If I'm, if I'm someone that doesn't know how to do this, how do I do this? You need a computer to begin with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can go online. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a website handy. You can search building code Ontario. I think Publications Ontario has them. There are other websites you can get them through. Orderline is another website. I don't know if it's .com or what, but they supply a lot of these books. They actually have illustrated guides too, which are very helpful. The, the pictures aren't part of the building code, but it's them helping you understand how to apply that code. Yeah, those are, those are ways to get it. Can I ask you something? Do you pay attention to licensed uh, contractors? No, I... I funny. only show them my driver's license. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I mean like, you know, uh, 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 Ontario... Say Mississauga or a Toronto license. Yeah. Licenses are municipal, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm, yeah. like, is there anything like that you look for? No, I, I don't check that. Uh, so if you have a license to be a contractor, yeah, I believe that's through the city you, you work in or, or live in. I actually was asked this question from a plumber in the past couple of weeks. He says, hey, when you go to sites, do you ask the plumber for his license? And I said, no, sorry. It's not, that's not what I'm inspecting. I'm inspecting the work. As far as I know, the Ontario College of Trades... They're the ones who deal with that. If I think they're getting changed into a different ministry or something, I don't know exactly what's going on. As far as I know, deal with licenses and things like that. I don't inspect. There's nothing that tells me I have to ask a plumber or electrician if he's licensed. I'm inspecting the work that's being done. I don't really feel that anyone should be upset or hate an inspector. Actually, I think it's a pretty glorious job, and I, I, don't, I don't think that we should be focusing on this, the other things. I want to talk about the education that you need to become an inspector or how to change the next generation of inspectors to get more passionate people, you know, making sure that our homes are safe, our contractors are smart, our homeowners are educated. What are the, some of the processes that you have to go to to become an engineer? Or, I mean, uh, engineer. Yeah. What are the, some of the processes to become an engineer? Well, I think I think those questions were probably asked uh, or answered on your last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I still had that in my head. No, what, what are some of the qualifications you need to have to uh, become a city inspector? Uh, again, I can't speak for every municipality. There are minimum requirements just in Ontario generally. And again, that's in the building code. If you buy these giant binders. I'm telling you, I'm reading this thing next year. <laughs> and Dude, you go this to, might change your life. I'm telling you. Go you go to Division C. It'll show you qualifications for different people involved in construction, uh, designers, inspectors, for people who are still listening from the last one. 
Uh, I mentioned there's exams through the government that I have to write. There's a bunch of different categories. It looks like there's 12 different categories of registration listed for different types of the building code. Wait, did you say that there's different sections for different like designers and architects and, and contractors? There's different requirements. So not necessarily an out of date. There's a registered code agency, I believe is the term. Those are effectively private building inspectors. I don't think we have any of those in Ontario, but I, I could be wrong. But they're in the book. It's mentioned in the book. So there are qualifications that they are required to have. They're very similar to what I'm required to have. I don't think that's used in Ontario, but I've only worked in a couple different municipalities. So Interesting. I don't, I don't know. But if you go to this book without reading it all off to you guys, there's a bunch of different categories that you have to pass a written exam to be able to inspect, design, oh, sorry, maybe not design, do the plans review. There's a bunch of exceptions. So certain things you do need to have these qualifications to design, but not everything. And in terms of literal education, there's no actual education requirement. I know that sounds kind of silly. Each municipality will kind of set their own standard of what they're looking for in an inspector. So but you, could, you could have a grade 12 and if you have common sense, you've been in construction and you know it really well and you spent the time learning, you could pretty much get into one of these divisions. You could, yeah, it, it is possible. Again, it depends on the municipality. Everybody has to start somewhere, right? You can't apply to the job and just get experience from nowhere. You got to start at ground zero, right? I, I got to ask you, Mr. Smith. Like saying that. You like saying that, eh? <laughs> I got to ask you, so you were in construction before inspections. Yeah. What made you get into inspections? Why did you leave construction to get into inspections? Yeah, good question. So I initially started taking some online and in-person building code courses through a college uh, that I was near me. I initially did it just to help me learn for the job I was doing with Carpenter, doing renovations and additions and things. I felt, you know, the more knowledge I had, the more money my boss could pay me, right? So I started doing that. Mm. And then you, I realized you learned quickly that's not. You know what? <laughs> and and this is what I'm talking about. If if employees behaved like you, you're proving to your employer that you're worth more. Mm -hmm. Most people are saying this is what I'm worth, and that's what the difference is. And with someone like you, that's brilliant. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So I initially took them just to better educate myself, and then it wasn't long after taking a few courses, other guys in the company were calling me, "Hey, uh, how high does this handrail need to be?" <laughs> You know, so whoa. and, and it's it, true. It kind of became like a little bit fun. Or a and, joke? And it, no, <laughs> uh, no, it turned in my career. So I don't know. You told yeah, me if it's yeah. a joke. No, no, no. At the, at the beginning, it might have been like a little bit of a joke, but then it turns into something very serious. Yeah. I, again, I tried to better myself. I thought if I knew more, I would make more money, a bigger asset to my boss. I did a few courses. I wrote some of the exams. And then I realized after talking to some of the instructors who were building inspectors as well, I asked them, I said, hey, you know, what do I need to do to get this job? And they, they went through it. They told me some of the things I just told you. You got to pass these courses. Every municipality is different. They might want architectural background or engineering or site experience in a different trade. They kind of set that standard, but the minimum requirements are in the, in the building code. So they were kind of scaring you a little bit, but it was easier than you thought. Uh, it wasn't necessarily easier, but it, it was difficult to actually figure out how to do it. It's a lot of footwork. Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard. I don't know what comes up when you Google how to become a building inspector, but I found figuring that out to be a little difficult. So, I mean, if you guys want to hear anything about that, I could talk a little bit about Sure. That. I mean, it's like, I want to get the misconceptions. I want to, because I, you got your ideas of when you get on a job site, what you think 
what we think of you. No, yeah. actually, he didn't really tell us that. Why don't you tell us what do you think of contractors when you come on site? Yeah, I mean, we did get into it a little bit. Um, if I come onto a site and it's super messy, as in, you know, blocks of wood, uh, food wrappers on the ground. If I, say it's a new home, I'm going to do framing inspection. Usually framing's done. It should be because I'm there. So there shouldn't really be scraps of wood all over the place. There shouldn't be pieces of plywood covering holes in the floor, things like that. I'm human. I'm going to form my own opinion of you. Eh, yeah. And what I see in front of me is, is what I'm going to base it on. So if we haven't met before and I come to the site and it looks disgusting. It's a first impression. Yeah, exactly. Same with your clients. You're going to invite your client over to your project. Hey, this is a house I'm working on. You want to come see it? And it's full of garbage. I mean, they're not going to think too much highly of you. Either. I think contractors should make the effort to build a brand to impress their clients. And I think they should extend that effort for the subtrades, for the inspectors and for the engineers and for everybody that's involved in that construction process. No, you're process. right. Because when you say build a brand, people are building brands, but they're building this Instagram brand or this Facebook brand well, or that's the fake this brands. media brand. Really, the brand is carried on to the real site, how it's run, how it's managed, how it's organized, how, you know, all the important things. What were you going to say, Mr. Smith? Sorry, we interrupted oh, just, you. So you were going to tell us a little bit more about... Yeah, about how to become an inspector. So again, I mentioned, I, I found it a little difficult. The basic process, and this is Ontario, sorry for people who are listening that don't live here. You need what's called a BCIN, Building Code Identification Number. That's given to you by the, the government. You just apply. They give you this number. Now you're registered. Is it one test? One exam? No, no. You don't need an exam just to get that number. It just registers you. So you have a number and it says Mr. Smith is number 105, 6. Is that not but the I, same but number I as an architect? Like, yeah, because like I would hire a, uh, someone with a BN number and they could do small point loads or small. BCIN. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah. a designer. Yeah. Like I mentioned, a designer would have that same qualification, BCIN. Wow. Uh, well, hang on a sec. So you could just apply for this number? You can apply for the number. It doesn't do anything until you get qualifications. And how do you get the qualifications? By writing the exams in the God, different parts. I know there's an exam oh, somewhere. Oh, no, man. He's going to write a test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted to write my BCIN. You know what? I might take it with you. I'm no, you're not. Stay away from me. So <laughs> you apply. You can apply for that BCIN number. Uh, you just get assigned a number that just registers you. It doesn't give you the power to do anything. It's like a learner's permit, but you can't even drive. <laughs> What's the fee behind that? Do you know offhand? I, I don't know if there's a fee just to get the number. This is a city, man. There's a fee attached to everything. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so I, I, there probably is a small fee. There's a fee to be registered, and I'm sorry, I don't know the number. It's okay, no not problem. a lot. It's like $1 to $200, I believe. Each exam costs, the last time I checked, $150 to write. Like I said, there's 12 different categories. The municipality will decide what qualifications they want you to have because they're going to be telling you what they want you to inspect. Like if I go to a house, some municipalities, like where I work, we have a plumbing and HVAC inspector. He'll do all the houses and all the commercial stuff, and I'll do the structural and, and the rest of that stuff. If I have the qualifications, there's, for example, for a house, there's house is a qualification. I don't want to go into all the crazy details, but that will allow you to inspect most things with a house. There's also structural, small buildings, large buildings, plumbing house, building services. It goes on and on. But once you write all those, you're qualified at, from an inspector's point of view to inspect those things. How many exams are we talking about here? Like how many Well, like I mentioned, it depends on what the municipality wants you to inspect, right? So there's 12 different categories, but some of them include like on-site sewage. Where you guys work predominantly Toronto, I can't imagine you have any on-site sewage like tile beds and things like that, right? So it's probably not a qualification that 
many city of Toronto inspectors need. Like I said, house, small buildings, large buildings. Are we understaffed right now? Like I know that we were talking about, you know, do we need inspectors to come out? You know, can't we do it online? Yeah. Are we understaffed right now for city inspectors? It's on a city by city basis. So where I'm working, I, you know, I think there are some openings, but uh, it's kind of like going for the fire department. You don't know which department you're going to go in and it takes a while to get in, I guess. Again, it depends on the city. Uh, if they if they have openings, then uh, they'll try and fill them, but it depends on the workload. A lot of that stuff takes a long time to figure out, depending on the size of the city, right? If they're going off of last year's numbers because they have a, you know 200 inspectors, it might take a while for them to figure out, oh, we're short-staffed. You know, These guys are doing way more inspections than we think they should be, and, and we should hire more people. It depends on the budget like that comes in for the city. It, there's, there's a lot that goes on. Uh, you were swinging a hammer at a point. Yeah. Do you miss it? Yeah, a bit. I mean, there's a certain amount of like camaraderie that, that goes on. You, I'm yeah. sure a lot of your friends you've worked with, right? You're listening to music, making jokes, having a good time. The only time I'm interacting with my colleagues is for the time I'm in the office. The rest of the time I'm on site dealing with people like you. And I don't know, sometimes it's not uh, all that fun. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, okay, Mr. Smith, I want to get into a little bit of, give us a, a couple of, I want to go through trades. I want to go through trades of the of a, of a construction new build and give us a little bit of little mishaps that they may have done or mistakes small minor or things. what you'd like to see changed in yeah that. or something just anything so if we start from the ground up let's just get into footings and foundations what are some of the things that the guys are doing that sure they meet code they pass it but it could be a little bit better improved wise like i guess for example with foundations beat up forms that leave well you know, orange I see, peels I see, of veneer. I see different, in, like I, because I've done a lot of rebar, eight out of 10 don't care to really measure in between the rebars. And then there's two that they want it right on the money. Like it can't be off 10 mils. You know, uh, one of the things we always worry about when we're tying rebar is I make jigs, like little blocks, mm -hmm. and I will block in between on the inside row and the outside row. I'll constantly block. People are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know what the inspector is going to say when he comes here, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to retie this rebar. At the foundation stage, I, I don't inspect for workmanship. There is a point where kind of workmanship crosses over into failure, like structurally. So if it's going to affect things that I'm actually inspecting, then I'll look at workmanship. I think at the foundation level, most people... You know they're doing fine it would be nice if instead of damp proofing maybe homes needed to be waterproofed or maybe better Ooh, that's damp a good one i, like I mean that. basements typically weren't designed as living spaces but now they are yeah so if we're going to dig a hole in the ground it would be nice if it's all protected I, it's not required to put like to seal up the floor like You're you right. A walls. minimum code to to actually seal that whole bottom yeah that's right. i mean well code is what you spray yeah, there's a damp proofing membrane, whatever it's you six use. six mil. Some, yeah, or something. Six. Some sort of spray or roll-on. And drainage board. And then, yeah, drainage layer. And uh, then a weeping tile, and that's it. And then it. a weeping tile, gravel, yeah. It, damp proofing, obviously, is different than waterproofing. What is the difference? Kind of as literal as it sounds, uh, waterproofing, to the best of my knowledge, is it will stop water from coming in at all. Damp proofing, you're just stopping, I guess, moisture, trying to wow. stop it. Well, an iPhone 3... Remember that one? No, no that one. wasn't even I had damp to flip. proofed. <laughs> <laughs> a new oh, yeah, iPhone today 
is waterproof. There's a difference. There's a huge difference. Well, I even give you another one. Sony's. No, but that actually, the, that's the actually, yellow radios. All jokes aside, that is a huge difference. So why aren't we making, but the code is not asking for that. The code sets the minimum standards, right? Yeah. So, so it's, it's always. So if you guys choose to tell your client, hey, let, let's do this instead, even though this is the minimum requirement, that's, that's up to you and your clients, right? So like, it's hard for the, in my opinion, the government to say, build to this very high standard when that might put uh, some people in a position where they, they can't afford a home because now I've these, always said that these new homes cost, yeah. uh, you know, way too much to build. If, if we don't build to minimum standards, then there wouldn't be an industry. It would just be all high yeah. standards. So there'd be a certain percentage of the industry that could only work. Yep. Yeah. I always thought that uh, minimum quote, uh, code always protected the developer and not the and not the homeowner. It, was it a cost or was it a cash grab? Like wh what was that? Why was it really enforced the minimum code? I'm not sure if I can answer that fully. I mean, uh, they had to set standards at some point. I think people there were fires happening, you know, a hundred years ago where these buildings didn't have adequate exits. People are dying. They didn't have those. All make sense to me. Fire extinguishers. Egress, yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. So they started setting standards. I mean. Yeah, I'm not involved, obviously, with the process of writing the code, but it'd be hard-pressed to tell people, build this house that's going to cost you $800,000 to build versus this one that costs, you know, $400,000. No, but, but you made a good point. Like, we were, we were talking about the coil just to collect heat and warm water. Why aren't we focusing more on, like you said, damp proofing or, you know, sealing the basements when we all know that 70% of the costs are pretty much coming from the basement. 35% of the problems are from the basement, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There must be, there has to be some reason why damp proofing found to be, was found to be acceptable. I couldn't tell you the answer though. The cue ball. Yeah. Is that actually in the code? Because I was told it was in the code. Yeah. It has to be a number four. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, no. What is it? <laughs> no, it's, it's just, a tennis ball. <laughs> no, it's not. It just talks about a, a ball test, a ball that won't float. Uh, I don't think there's any actual diameter on it. I'm sorry. There, there's a standard that talks about ball tests, but oh, I'm not no. as familiar. <laughs> what I typically see is, yeah, cue ball of some sort. White ball or black ball. Yeah, or something. something. Yeah. I, I, I would see it uh, before they, they throw it down the drain, so I know it's the same ball. Oh, my God. I'm other. such an idiot. I had a tennis ball in my plumbing box the whole time. <laughs> For that test? <laughs> Dude, it's not a tennis ball, oh, man. man. It's always been a cue ball, man, or some sort of I pool ball. I use the tennis ball. ball just to make sure the pitch Here was good. We go. yeah. <laughs> this that, is what TV rental shows teaches you, okay? That's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the basement, so we're going. I know that uh, I've also, I, I was told by an excavator to always leave steps for an inspector to go step mm -hmm. down into the actual pit. Yeah, I mean... Otherwise, they won't enter it. Yeah, most... It seems like most, at least where I work, I don't can't, again, speak for every municipality. It seems like most of them don't let their inspectors use ladders. They don't want them using it as a, as a means to get from one level to the next. I know a number of years ago, an inspector had died on a job site. I don't know the details, but I know he fell after shortly using a, a ladder. You know, same... Uh, what happened there a few years ago? The, the guys fell off the swing stage, right? Uh, on that high-rise building, and, and some of the fall rest things started to change drastically. Cutting steps is, is good. Uh, again, it depends on the, the person going. If, if it's wet and muddy, they might not go down those cut steps into the dirt. That's why you mentioned earlier, maybe it was off-air, about people uh, doing their inspections from the footings, just standing there looking and then yep. saying it's fine. You know, I, I can't go into the excavation to do my inspection, so if it's necessary, I can ask some of the guys on site, can you measure that? Can you take a piece of rebar and, and stick it here, right, Carlito? Yeah. 
I stick it right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to like you on this second round. <laughs> okay, so let's get into, uh, we're, we're on the first floor now. I guess tying in wood into concrete. What are you guys specifically looking for? You, you guys are looking for, I guess, moisture separation from concrete to sill plate. Yeah, I mean, again, that's, there's only certain stages that I'm required to inspect. That's not something I typically see. I don't really see sill gasket. One, it's it's hard to even see. Yeah, you would come in at the excavation for footings. Then yep. you'd come in again at foundation. Be there before backfill. Ba and then before backfill, because yeah. you want to make sure waterproofing's all done correctly. Yeah, dam proofing. Yeah. And then you come in after framing's done. Yeah, and then typically I'll come in after the plumbing and HVAC and electrical is roughed in too. Yeah, so. so all the mechanical at that point, sign off on that. Then you come back in at installation. Yep. Then you come back in after drywall. Yeah, depending on the project. If there's fire separations required, I would uh, check that out. At that point. But typically, if it's a new build and it's really far from the property lines, I, I wouldn't come and check the drywall. No. And then you don't return until final occupancy where you come for the final assessment of everything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, final. I mean, there's some things. Sometimes people let the exterior go until after occupancy. But I mean, the house has to be generally sealed up. I can't... Uh, can't give someone occupancy if there's a window missing or half the house isn't uh, cladded, right? I literally had an inspector come in where it was final occupancy. Cop occupancy. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> <laughs> and all he cared about was turning on the faucets and taking a look at the P-trap. Hmm. That's all he was fascinated by. Well, I guess uh, you had it easy. I, know. <laughs> I, I, I was like open book. I was ready to show, take a look at everything. But he was just really want to make sure the flow was correctly on the faucet. Want to make sure that the P-traps were correct underneath the sink. And that was it. And well, I was it's like, definitely something for final plumbing. That was a short one. That, yeah. I was like stunned. How it depends short. on the project. I mean, obviously, you know better than me. If it's a new house, there's, there's lots of things to look for. Typically, there's a final for all the permits you have open. So HVAC, plumbing, drain, building. So... I like to be able to do them all at the same time. It just saves everybody time. But uh, sometimes people will come in and just do the HVAC because, hey, we finished the HVAC, but we still have a few vanities that are in back order. We haven't plumbed them in yet. Is it true that the inspectors don't have to put any booties on, protective booties, to walk through a final You're hole? You're right. I like this one. Because I was told by an inspector that they don't have to put the booties on, but they have to keep their safety boots on. It depends on the municipality. It's still a construction site. Like, yes, until they sign off on yeah, it. Yeah, typically keep my boots on and for every inspection. I think some people's opposition with the booties is they don't know what kind of grip they're going to have. It sounds like it's, you know, super safe and, and, and kind of a little ridiculous, but how's it going to look to the inspector's superiors when they call and say, hey, I tripped and fell because I was wearing booties or I wasn't wearing my boots at all. <laughs> That's true. How do you explain that? It's, I know it sounds like a pompous thing, but you're capable of protecting the site. If you don't want people walking on your new floor or your new stairs, you can have ram board or paper down protected that way. I can't speak for every municipality. There's nothing on paper that I know of that says I was just they curious. can't wear booties, but that would be my assumption why you're hearing that. So it is our duty for them to wear booties. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you you got me thinking about booty. <laughs> like right booty when you call. said that, I, when are you, you said are you, booty, are, I was are like, "Are you going to watch Booty Call tonight, Jamie Fox?" Man, I don't know why. I just thought of the strip club. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you really like to change that you've seen that you really think you need to change on minimum code? There's got to be things that you walk through the house and you go. 
Man, they should have changed that. Needs that needs to change. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of change Like, here. I hate six mil plastic under framing. I'd rather see a styrofoam sill gasket. I guess that's something that could be considered. Um, there's a few things. Just what would you like to see change? You being in construction, being a carpenter, you know, being on site, hearing people's opinions. There's got to be some things that need to change that are stupid minimum codes. There's some codes around the stairs. There's a bit of confusion usually with contractors. You guys usually assume if there's a drop of less, or sorry, of more than 24 inches, or sorry, if it's less than 24 inches, you don't need a railing. That's right. Well, in a house, if you have interior stairs that are more than two risers, you need a railing. More than two risers. Yeah, more than two risers. So that basically makes it 14 inches. Uh, no, it can make it almost 15. If Yeah. yeah. 15, so, so 15 inches, you need a railing. It depends because you can have higher steps, right? You could have seven and seven, 15. Seven, eights or... Yeah. yeah. So you could have almost two steps in the situation you're talking about where someone else might install three steps. If they have three steps, they would need a, a railing. So that's... So if it was three, four inch... Because minimum is four. Mm, no, the minimum, no, 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 the no, minimum no, no. rise is four. On an interior, and the maximum on an is seven. Yes. No way is four. Minimum is four. No and, way. And height, I'm going to contest Height that. is seven and seven eighths. I'm minimum. No way, man. Max is seven and seven eighths. Four is minimum. Four. From what I see in my personal building code, the minimum for private stairs is four and 15, 16. So, so it went up 15, 16. <laughs> so it's basically five inches. So it's been yeah. modified. That's the minimum? It says all steps rise, private stairs, 125 millimeters. I have marked in pen four and 15, 16. So if that's not the right conversion, I apologize. I was oh, because you're on millimeters. Yeah. I, I had a carpenter. I mean, this was a long time ago. I can't I, believe I, you're I right. I learned that quick. Holy cow. What the hell is that supposed to mean? I'm right a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> There's stuff I'm still learning. That just makes no things sense, man. Still can, can, can and you this imagine is, the, the run on that stairs if you were on a 10-foot ceiling? How many treads there would that be? That would be one long-ass staircase. Yeah, you go from the front but of the house to the back really of the house. But you could really ski down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's closer to five inches, right? So. You know what? You shouldn't make fun of people. They could have small legs, and they need to like <laughs> kind of lift themselves like that slowly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> possibly. Hey, boss, the plane. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're imagine throwing uh, someone down the stairs. Uh, You're going down these <laughs> stairs. Uh, oh, can we get back on track, please? Yeah, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I learn something every day on these podcasts, man. <laughs> you, you know what? I built so many staircases wow. inside and outside. Whenever we were on site, they always made me build a staircase. What's the maximum? Because I seven think and seven eighths. No, the code is changing, right? Yeah, that's the maximum. The code is changing in 2022. There's some, a bunch of changes coming for stairs in Ontario. Right now, from, again, I'm sorry, I don't have it memorized. Private stairs, the maximum rise is 200 millimeters, which I have written seven, seven eights. I think it might be seven, 15, 16. And that's changing to what? Is that going over eight now? No, 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 because no. No, that would be harder to walk up. To, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the changes, I'd have to look those up. It's the run that's going to be changing to a much deeper run to... Make it safer. Yeah, for yeah it's going to be greater than ten inches, I think. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't. have it here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I, 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 I always go, my I always go larger because my foot's so big. You know, they say about big feet, right, Manny? Yeah, you put it in your mouth. No, big toes. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> they're from what I understand, they're changing the minimum run for private stairs from eight and a quarter inches to ten inches. So Eight that and would, a quarter is the minimum? Yeah, for run. And they're changing that to 10 inches. So that would be the minimum. And that's that makes sense. 2022. And it's based on a lot of studies they've done. People Like a lot of uh, 
accidents in homes are falls and they're hoping to prevent uh, here here's one for you at the top of the stairs or the bottom of the stairs it cannot so at the bottom of the stairs whatever the width of the staircase is the door has to be from the front runner a uh, front runner to the door right so if it's 36 wide it has to be 36 inches to the door but at the top of the stairs what is the minimum requirement at the top of the stairs opening into the basement can you have it literally eight and a quarter away i don't know <laughs> you might uh stop me off the, the stairs yeah because i actually just am quoting a job right now and i wanted to move the door because it looks so unsafe you can't you need a minimum of three feet you need a proper landing on no, the top at of the, the top at the top or bottom I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure the top is different you're going to put a door? I have the inspector here, so I want to find out if this is true. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not uh, the building code. I am an inspector, and I don't know everything. I'm sorry. I can't, uh, I can't answer that off the, on the spot. I'm pretty sure you need a landing at the top yeah. and bottom of the stairs. That's the reason behind this, it. Like, I get questions How about like if this it's grandfathered in and, and the staircase hasn't moved? You would go to part 11 and start looking in there. Part 11 talks about uh, renovations and... There's uh, exceptions like grandfathered type clauses for different things. And you could go through there and there see if There it is again, applies. man. Like on the last show, we were talking about sistering. And now we're talking about grandfathering. Why isn't it grandmothering? Because grandmothers are cooking and grandfathers are building. Here we Ooh. go. And send your emails to Carlito. <laughs> and I will accept them. <laughs> if you can find his email. You know what? I, th I, th I think people are too, uh, too worried about terms. I I I'm getting sick and tired of this crap. If it's grandfathered, it's, gra it's grandfathered. And I'm, I'm cool with it. You're telling if you me don't that learn from your history, you're destined to repeat it. Yeah. You're saying the, yeah, the you term wanna... grandfathered is grandfathered? <laughs> <laughs> it's grandfathered in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk. We gotta about, have some let, fun in this show. Let's <laughs> talk about what building codes matter. Which ones should these guys be paying attention to, including me and you, Joker? I guess they all matter, but there, there's some stuff in here that there's only certain stages that I'm required to look at. The rest is on you guys. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? That doesn't that kind of keep you up at night man that you you walk in at certain stages you don't see everything i don't know if i could become an inspector man i'd walk in and i probably would find so many things and it would bother me that it wasn't done this way or maybe i'd be too critical i don't know yeah, yeah you could never be an inspector i don't know if i could because <laughs> i don't do you minimum. should just stay a custom builder and that's it okay so what matters in the building code outside of i know that you talked about part nine which we learned a little bit on the last podcast what's the difference between part nine part 11 part 12 Sure. So, well, it really depends on what kind of construction you're doing. So when you go near the, again, I don't know the exact section, there's a section in the building code that talks about how you apply each section of the code. So it'll say application of parts three, four, five, and six, and it'll list a whole bunch of stuff of if your building falls in this uh, section, you would use those to build. So part nine, generally group C, which is residential occupancies, group D, group E, group F, two and three. I don't want to explain all that for you guys. You guys are doing renovations. So, and maybe some new builds, right? So part nine, that's what a, a residential house falls under. So you'd be dealing with part nine. Those are all the acceptable solutions for a part nine building. Part 11, again, that's a different section that's, you know, can be confusing. It deals with change of use. And there's, there's some exceptions in there for different uh, grandfathered or grandmothered uh, things. <laughs> well, it's going to be grandfather for now <laughs> until they change uh, that. <laughs> so yeah, you guys would be dealing with part nine, part 11 a bit uh, on a newer build or additions. When you get into the energy efficiency stuff. That's that, part 12. 
That's part 12, which That's basically... That's a new division. Part 12 is still in, in the volume one, but it, it'll send you to SB12, which is in volume two. And that'll go through all the energy efficiency requirements. Solar panels, Four. wind power. No, no, no. No, no, nothing no, like no, that. No, no. It'll talk about the installation, the R value. Five star. Uh, no, no, no. 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 <laughs> Just the, it'll talk about the R value. Like if you pick a package for a new house, again, it's like a, it's an acceptable solution. So I'm picking package A1. It'll tell you how uh, much R value you need in your walls, in your basement. Your, your drain, attic. Yeah, your drain water heat recovery unit. Systems. Continuous insulation. It'll tell you all that stuff. That's another section that is relevant to you. So, I mean, they're all important, but they are not applicable to every situation. So it okay. depends so on what you're doing. If I'm a homeowner, yeah, I want to do more of my own footwork to figure these things out. How would I find out what packages I want if I didn't want to use a designer? Do I need to buy this book and then... That's what he was just discussing. You can go through all these parts and it tells you that you can apply that part to your build and avoid... In, in section 12. In, in SB12, SB there's different 12. packages that they've basically put together that says these will meet the minimum requirements uh, if you do all this. It'll talk about the efficiency of your furnace, uh, the HRV, all that kind of stuff. So for a homeowner, I don't know if a homeowner is going to be able to... Just pick this book up and no. design and build their own this home. This is more for a contractor selling a, uh, selling a job. Yeah, I mean, that would be something you could definitely educate yourself on. I mean, you could build a car from you know the ground up. It would be really hard to do it just by picking a book up and having no uh, experience, right? What's the fastest way to, to keep things moving with you? With me. What are the things that are slowing people down when you show up? Like when oh, you... Okay. You know, like a lot of times you'll show up and you're expecting things done. What are the things that you need to just keep doing to keep your project running? Yeah. Okay. Good question. Um, well, for one, I show up way too often and they don't have the plans on site, which is always, irritating because you don't irritating. remember every single structure. Well, that's supposed that to be in your job box. That's supposed to be on the site all the time. Yeah. yeah. The building code actually requires that documentation to be on site all the time. The thing that bothers me, like on top of that is they'll have the, the plans that the architect or designer sent them, but they, they don't have the stamps from the city. So I don't know for a fact that those are the drawings that the city reviewed, right? Maybe you made some changes. Maybe the foundation's uh, a little wider. I don't know. It irritates me when I come to a site and they just have the plans the designer sent, not the plans that the city has looked at. Even though they may be the same, I don't know that just by looking at them. So you'll come back when they call you and say, I have them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll tell them, you know, uh, book another inspection and I'll see you later. I mean, there's funny thing is people will offer to send the plans to me like I don't have access to them. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like that was a good one. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Oh, I'll send it to you. Oh, yeah. Dude, where do you think I'm coming from? Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you, whoa, oh, I have them on my phone. Let me email them to you. Like, Yeah, how about, how about I inconvenience <laughs> you to convenience myself? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that's, that's something that... Uh, what, you know, what else do you need from us contractors when you show up? Obviously, drawings. What else? Like, let's hear some... Aretha knew it. What did she give you? <laughs> Aretha Franklin knew it. A little respect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a good one, man. Uh, yeah, that I mean, one right over me. <laughs> I, I, I was picking up what you were throwing. I know, you got it. Um, <laughs> God, I mean, a little slow in the, part two. <laughs> uh, the plans on site, that's that's a, th a big thing. I mean, sure, respect, but I, it's not a necessary thing if you don't like me. I'm still supposed to be impartial and do my job. It shouldn't bother me, but 
who wants to work in some sort of uncomfortable, hostile Nobody uh, environment, right? So, so that's, yeah, the plans, respect, sure. People make changes on site all the time and they don't run it by me or anybody. They'll change the layout of the foundation. And, and like, <laughs> that's I mean, a big, yeah, it's a pretty big change. It's not, we're not talking about moving a closet. So sometimes people will make changes like that. They'll run it by their engineers and whatnot. And then they'll just say, yeah, here's the report. And I was like, well, again, this is where you come into different inspectors tackling things differently. For me, a big change like that needs to be reviewed. And I would like for the plans to reflect that change you've made. Like I mentioned before, the Building Code Act requires your plans to reflect what you're going to build. When you review that, are you reviewing it or is your team reviewing it back at the office? Like uh, your supervisor, your engineer at uh, it the depends ministry? Again, yeah, it depends again who, like where you're working. If you have a big enough municipality and they have those different departments, um, somebody different may be looking at it. But I'm not looking at it on site because sometimes there's calculations. I got to dig through the code book. Uh, there might be zoning bylaw implications, right? That's another thing where people make big changes. They don't bother to make a phone call or an email at all. And so it's a little frustrating because that slows the, down, the job down. And it's not my fault that you've changed something that wasn't on the plans, right? The issue, though, becomes where some people get a little more picky. Like you move the closet here or the bathroom is over here. Uh, it's a little gray there. I guess that's where you kind of get into Yeah, but a foundation. Okay, but yeah. I want to get back to section nine again. Part, this, part, part, nine. Sorry, part nine, not section nine, Can part please nine. Please pretend to be a contractor. Oh God. <laughs> um, so part nine, it allows us to be able to move structural. Did I misunderstand? An engineer said like, if I wanted to move a beam under part nine, I wouldn't need to have it engineered. I mean, it depends. Like, like I said, part nine, that section is in division B, which are acceptable solutions. So it is possible to move a beam or something without hiring an engineer. But how does that affect you? It, Me with it you. Doesn't, it doesn't really affect it me. They still have like, the cities will still require drawings. They'll still require- So you'll still have to review it. Yeah. Look at it this way. So how does that part not even work then? Hey, look at it this way. You walk into Ikea. I want to buy a house, okay? I go to the part nine section and I want a house that has a cantilever section in the back. Part nine will make recommendations on what cantilevers you can use and to what lengths you can and how you can do that. You don't need an engineer for that. You just need part nine. So as really, as you choose really those, part nine only cuts out the engineer. Yes. Well, okay. it's not about cutting them out. It's just gives again, you options. If, if, you, if we imposed every, every person to hire an engineer for every single job, again, that it's added cost. I mean, engineers are. But I still need a drawing from an architect, even if no. I'm making that change. No, no. A homeowner can. It, you can do it. You it, can buy it, an yeah. architect drawing online and I pencil crayons and, and crayons you can if you want and then you'll apply that part nine to the drawings and you submit that to the city i'm not sure how i haven't experienced that i'm not sure how that one would work because with the crayons still, <laughs> that's different <laughs> uh the you if you had a designer design it like we'd still need their qualifications if they're required yeah a homeowner could draw up their plans and submit them and if everything's uh, you know an acceptable solution it meets the code that's fine it seems from my experience and understanding most, if not all, municipalities yep. allow homeowners to do their own work. And that's like that. usually only on like Tuesdays or Thursdays. What is it called? Uh, you can do that anytime, right? Uh, no, it's no, Wednesdays. All, it was, it was uh, fast tracking is only on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Who oh, told you that? 
right? You could fast track at the city. I'm not sure. We don't have fast track where okay. I work. So if that's a, there's a there used to be a, a day fast we were, track submission. Process. Like now I pay my architect to do it all. So I don't go, I'll go there anymore. Oh, but you got You need to go do this and invest. Dude, I don't this. have enough time. I got to build. I can't hire guys to do what I need to do half the time. Mr. Smith mentioned earlier that he actually started looking into the inspection and code book because he wanted to make himself more valuable and have more knowledge. Yeah, but I wasn't running like the running sites, right? Like I was still working for someone. You're you work for yourself, right? Yeah. yeah, I wasn't I didn't have to deal with all the business stuff. I wasn't sitting up at night, you know, doing quotes. I was uh, an employee. I wasn't an employee. How about so. chasing money? Yeah, exactly. I don't I never did that. My dun, boss dun, is uh, you know, I never had to chase a paycheck, so. I want to bring up a point. Mr. Smith, can you add all those tags to my book? <laughs> you know what? That's the most organized building uh, code book. You know what? These tags, uh, you know, people listening can't see. I just have a whack load of tabs in my building code. Those are more for when I wrote exams, so it was easier to find. Uh, Those exams I mentioned, they're, they're timed, like they're three hours, if I'm not mistaken. Anytime you can save digging through the book, you can use that to better answer questions, right? So, wow. That's like uh, that's why they're all there. A lot of questions there. I know. Yeah. Again, it depends on what uh, what exam you're writing. Um, some stuff is not stuff I even really use in my job, but it's in the building code, and they they test you on it. What would you like to change about construction? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. That's uh, Carlito's go-to question. Well, you guys might be able to answer this better the than me. The reason I'm asking is I want to change myself. So yeah. if I can do these things. What then. like what are people, do people still think of contractors as sleazeballs? Of course. And, yeah. 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 Of course they e- do. Even you guys? Of course they do. I have a hard time hiring people. It's really bizarre that this podcast has actually introduced me to some really interesting people that actually care. Something I haven't been able to do in 30 years, I'm actually able to do now. I've created some friendships and some business relationships through this podcast and they're actually really working well the guys care they have pride they have the same the same vision i i don't have to chase them i don't have to babysit them like it's it's something i'm not used to this whole industry is changing for me through this podcast it's like i'm i'm just seeing a different perspective this isn't about you the question wasn't about you. yeah i know it i know i just i was just sharing way. it i was just sharing it sorry uh i mean <laughs> it's not group therapy I, i'm a little biased because i used to be a carpenter so I, carpentry i mean there's so many different aspects it's not a, a licensed trade right you don't have to have any ticket to do carpentry or no. build a house or anything i wish a lot of trades had a maybe more respect but the problem is there's still and there were people who are taking people's money doing shitty jobs I don't know why construction, like how many other industries have that kind of We're view? the only ones. Yeah, it's so but weird. But we're also like, the only ones that are taken advantage of at the end as well, too. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it would be nice if... Well, the food industry is a little bit like that. It at the end? No one wants to talk about it, though. What do you mean? In what way? <laughs> Not on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait for the cooking network. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that uh, construction was maybe viewed as a bit more of a professional thing. I know it doesn't always appear that way from the outside. I blame TV. You know, Carlito. I, 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 no, he, me and him are on two, two different pages. No, I Tele- blame te- TV. Television, TV has honestly, misrepresented the real construction industry. I was brought up on television. I watched Bob Vila. I watched Yannick's. I was, Did you ever have the car? Uh, tuxedo oh yeah oh perfect <laughs> <laughs> i still have some <laughs> i just find them very hot <laughs> and i do not like farting in them <laughs> tmi man tmi <laughs> 
Yeah, it, lost it's, the train. Yeah, I did. <laughs> There's just so much to think about. It. I just like, <laughs> <laughs> when do we need a permit? I don't think we really uh, answer this question. I, I get clients all the time. Do we really need a permit? You're right. Do we Manny. really need a permit? Yeah. Why that's... do we need a permit? Do we need a permit? And I just tell them, listen, you move a wall, you move a sink, you need a permit. That's a that's good advice. Uh, again, it's not that every municipality is different, but if you refer to the municipality that you're working in, who's issuing the permits, they typically now everything's online, which is great. They'll have websites that'll say you need a permit when you're doing this type of work. Some will even go as far to say you don't need a permit when you're doing this type of work. So, and what site would that be? It would be the city site that you're working. Just in, Google right? it. Just so, Google whatever city you're in and just ask for the. No, that, uh, that might be something I'll offer to my customers when I leave. I'll just say, hey, you know what? Maybe you should look at this website and see what you need permits for. Yeah, I mean, it would, don't it, take it from me. Read yeah, it yourself. It would probably be like the building department website of the city that you're working in. Oftentimes, I don't know. Again, I can't speak for everybody. If you call them and say, I'm looking to do this kind of work, do I need a permit? Maybe they'll answer you. Sometimes they'll need to see drawings and whatnot. But most cities, if not all, will have a kind of guide. I mean, it is in the building code, but it's a little, it mentions material alterations, right? Like, so I don't. Is that what it says? Yeah, it says. Yeah, it mentions material alterations. alterations. So that's a pretty vague. And I think that would be up to each municipality's discretion on how they kind of interpret that. Right. But then the other thing that you got to educate clients on is that you may not need a permit on certain things, but you may be infracting on zoning. Yeah, that's right. So you got to factor yeah. that is. And then also depending on where you are in the city conservation. Yeah. And there's uh, a yeah, right conservation. Story I want to build a huge deck here. <laughs> Right leading into the river. Uh, no, you know, you can't really do that. So that, that's why there's all these different steps that you got to take care yeah, of. Yeah, and it is a little confusing. And again, that's, uh, you know, not to toot your guys' horns, but I mean, that's usually why people are going to hire a contractor. Hopefully they're looking into those things. They're kind of your liaison with the city to find out all that information. You're right. You don't need a permit to make your driveway wider, but the city that you're working in might need you to comply with zoning bylaws that say you can't make your driveway that wide so yeah there's, no, there's only of... so much green space you have to follow that if you're using interlock you could make it well wider. that's what i keep on saying it's it's our job and you yeah. keep on saying that around time but the thing is that i'm, I'm going to be installing a bunkie soon and this bunkie is 106 square feet okay. which is under the 10, the... Square, 10 square meters exactly yeah so is there uh, plumbing in it there's no plumbing, okay. only electrical. Okay. But it's all season. Yep. The homeowners were asking me, how close can we park it to the fence line, to a yeah. property line? Yeah. That required a phone call to zoning. Zoning, yeah. So I had to speak to zoning based on the uh, the size of the unit, where it is, and exactly the address. And then he told me, yeah, you're allowed one foot away from the property line to park this. Yep. Uh, you can't go over 106 square feet. It has feet. to be floating. Yeah, it's going to be resting on piers, and, and that's it. But you can run a 30 amp tech cable to it to operate a HVAC unit that can go as low as minus 30 and as high as for AC or for heat. So right? it could still be a bunkie so someone can stay warm. Yeah, it's still, you can still live in it. You mm -hmm. just don't have water. And now yeah, you, you have do plumbing, not you require a permit. a permit. You only require an ESA permit. And zoning approval. Zoning approval. Yeah. So now I look like a rock star because I made the phone call, got the right zone officer spoke to him and i just said at the end of the conversation can you just forward me an email with the, our conversation which he did i forwarded to the client and they're like wow thank you for all this information yeah. but that's our job yeah and you know what's funny but too. that's not free either though that's part no. that i did it to get the job 
and I got the job. Why are you talking <laughs> like that? Were you guys competing for the same job? What's no, he wanted, because he's not going to win. I'm going to be on a yeah, computer, yeah. and he's going to be in a pay phone. Can I put another quarter? <laughs> no, it's, oh, it's a good, he's it's a I mean, If uh, And it's funny, too, because depending on who looks at your submission, maybe you didn't make that phone call, and you're like, oh, let's get a permit. Let's be safe, and the permit costs... I don't know, it's 500 bucks, we'll say. Exactly. And the city looks at it and it's like, yeah, okay, you don't need a permit, but I'll give you one. Uh, that might happen. They might say, you don't need a permit and give it back to you. But if you didn't make that phone call, it's possible you would have had your uh, client again, pay some extra money. Have the conversation yeah. and just communicate. That's all Communication is pretty important. I mean, I think we're all figuring that out slowly, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a big thing. Boring BCA stuff. What, what's all this about? I don't understand what this oh, is. Oh, those are just building code act uh, references. <laughs> so building code act references, right? So what are yeah. we talking about here? No person shall construct or demolish a building or cause a building to be constructed or demolished unless a permit has been issued, therefore, by the chief building officer. So that's a pretty common thing. So construct has a def definition, demolish has a definition, building has a definition that's obviously not in that uh, you know sentence you read. But that's in the legislation. So going back to what I, uh, you mentioned, that bunkie, if you're constructing, that's not considered a building, basically, under the Building Code Act, because Correct. it's not over 10 square meters. Correct. So you don't actually need a permit. So yeah, that's, that's just a common one. If I go to a site, somebody's poured footings and they don't have a permit, that's a, a reference I would put on my order to comply saying you'd perform construction and you didn't have a permit. So get a permit. So with the building code and the building code act, or is there a situation for everything? Oh, a, res a resolution for everything. So if someone wants to build something, there's a resolution for everything. I can't imagine there's a resolution for everything though. Like a scenario though, there isn't. Well, you'd you have to come, come up, up you have to come up with something crazy. I mean, if I can't answer it, I'm sure it would be a discussion to be had. That's why there's different, like a hierarchy, uh, inspectors, maybe there's seniors, managers, chief building officials. So hopefully with all that experience, you can come up and with an answer on how to tackle a situation. But uh, you'd have to think of something crazy. Well, it's interesting that uh, a lot of homes in, you know, Toronto area, because we're from Toronto, right? TDOT, 416? I'm from the TDOT. I'm sure a lot of homeowners or people will drive around and, and they'll wonder, why are they spending so much time and effort and money on trying to save parts of this house? Why not just knock it down and build a new one? Yeah. The reality, though, is that their house isn't paid off. And they can't, <laughs> they can't tear it down. No, the reality <laughs> is that if you do tear that down, then all of a sudden you're given a whole hit list of new zoning bylaws. Yeah. And I learned that really quickly that, and that's why I'm asking about the resolution. I had a job in Blowers Village where he wanted to rebuild a single car drive, single car garage, sorry, single car garage was literally on the property line. Mm-hmm. Right. So we looked at the survey and then it was falling apart. This thing I submitted to the city a request to find out what we can do or can't do. First, it was a permanent request. Then it became a zoning request. And then we quickly learned that, yes, if you wanted to rebuild a new garage, you'd have to do the new zoning setbacks. If you were to do the zoning setbacks, it's a single car garage. So you'd have to move it. I think they were asking for three feet away from the property line. The garage would be jogged from the drive and you literally could not park <laughs> the vehicle from yeah. the new zoning. What we figured out working with the zoning officer and the city is I could rebuild the garage, remove and replace it section by section and leave it in the exact same spot. And okay. that's exactly what I had to do. 
the homeowners asked me to submit a permit, just as you said, and we submitted one at the very beginning, but we got all these zoning bylaw issues. Yep. So we opted to go to this other route. And I only bring it up now because I think it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I got a phone call from the city. I got a permit here. It's still open. Oh my God. And, and it's I'm like, it's open. Close it. Yeah. Well, they're asking me, is it, it, it wasn't open. It was it's still application open. Oh, I see. Right. So we, cause we never went forward with the permit okay. because we couldn't, because it wasn't going to work. And so they, it was just interesting. I was like, what address is this? And they told me the address and I'm like, holy cow. No, we actually opted not to go through a new garage and we rebuilt the garage instead mm-hmm. in the exact same spot. And she goes, okay, so I just need verification from you in writing are we going to basically just forfeit this permit application? And I was like, yeah, basically that's what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I mean, it, again, the zoning bylaws, those are set by different municipalities and they, they work together with the building code. I mean, there's no, I can't imagine there's any zoning bylaw that talks about the R value or how big a lintel needs to be. But you're right. If, if you have uh, a rental that's going on in some places, if you demolish too much of the house, they're going to say, whoa, 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 we need a new home permit here because they're, you're, you're not renovating. You're you're basically just trying to save enough to not have to get a new permit and apply yeah. new codes and things yeah. like that. So, but again, every the city would deal with those kind of bylaws. It's, it's funny that you guys said that because uh, I had a really rich customer, and he said, "I want you to tear my deck out." And it was like a fifty or sixty linear feet deck, and he's like, "Just tear it down." And I'm like you know what, we should really apply for a permit before we do this. And he's like, don't worry. I know everybody. I got lots of money. And I'm like, I tried to push for it. And he's like, just tear it down. And I was like, okay, tore it down. We started building a new deck. He thought he was going to get the same size deck. The guy next door, he thought it was his buddy, made a phone call. He got a 10 by 10 deck. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's... And he lost this beautiful, huge deck that we could have just removed and replaced in pieces. That's what happens. I mean, people see stuff going on. They call in and say, hey, you know, I, I saw an issue over here. What am I supposed to do? Show up and, and turn a blind eye? I, you know, I wouldn't be doing my job. They, they, the True. city wouldn't be you know, performing uh, their duty. To the- you mentioned before, say, say nobody notices right now and five or ten years goes by. And then somebody overviews it on another part of the project of the house. And they notice that that was not existing. But a few years have gone by. Is it now grandfathered in? Yeah, it depends again. I fit uh, could be grandmothered in. Grandmothered, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'd have to think about that. I believe there's it might be handled differently in different cities. I think that there are as a section in the building code act that talks about when an offense becomes known to like an inspector. And I think uh, within a year of it becoming known, you can deal with it. So if if I wanted to, I believe, and again, this isn't something I would just go and do. This is something I would verify with my superiors. But if I saw something like, hey, uh, this bathroom's not on your plans, like what's it doing here? And it just came to my attention now, it is possible that we might go through the whole routine of getting a permit, having it inspected. Maybe there's, maybe the inspection stuff will go a little differently. You maybe. mean not tearing the drywall or tiles off? Well, it, again, it depends. Like, I'm going to be the one signing off on, on the permit if you're getting a permit, right? As far as I know, I don't take any personal liability, but I want to perform my job to the best of my abilities. If I, if I don't ask anybody to take drywall down to see the vent pipes for that, uh, you know, the new toilet, new sink, I'm just assuming they're using the proper type of pipes, essentially. I can see that it functions properly through other tests, but I can't see the actual product they've yeah. used without taking the drywall off. Or, yeah, I don't know, maybe you have a different solution. But 
Uh, it really depends on the situation. Is there a fine if you actually start construction before the permit is issued? Like uh, demolition, you mean? Anything, if you start construction. Again, that'd probably be on a city-by-city city basis. What I do sometimes is, if you've done construction without a permit, I'll issue an order to comply. And again, that's the official document. I'll say, hey, you've, as I mentioned, uh, I think it's 8-1 of the building, uh, building Code Act, you're doing construction without a permit, get a permit. If you don't get that in a timely manner, I could send it to court and you could be paying essentially a fine on that. And what Most, is a fine like that? I don't know. Yeah, sorry. I, I couldn't tell what you. Have, I, what have you seen or heard in the I, rumor department? <laughs> rumor. So <laughs> I'll give you an example. It's specific to this example, so I don't know how much help it will be. Somebody constructed a very large garage or shed in their backyard. It was about 20, 20 by 30 feet. No permit. And it was about 18 feet tall. No permit. Wow. <laughs> that's a big garage. Yeah, yeah, it was a big place. I went by. I known, left my card a few times. No one was home during the day. Asked for a phone call back. Nothing. Issued an order. Didn't hear anything. Sent another letter. Hey, we're going to take you to court. Didn't hear anything. Then I sent it to the legal department and I served them in person and said, hey, here's your court date. See you later. And then that's when I finally started getting communication. When I talked to the prosecutor, again, this is specific to this example, they told me they would probably start at like eight to 10,000 and then go up or down from there, depending on their situation. The penalty or how the, the guy behaved with you guys. Uh, well, again, once I hand it over to the prosecutor, it's, it's on them to, they, they must have some sort of typical penalty list for different situations, but they're the ones dealing with that matter. It's not, a, it's not up to me. I, I would just be called as a witness to say what happened was what happened essentially so that for that example that's what i heard but it, it varies like uh are they compliant like are you forcing them to tear it down again it depends on the situation i i can't i can't force anybody to tear anything down once it's built even well, though it's i i can't force them to tear it down the court could if they don't want to comply like all they'd have to do is get a permit they wouldn't necessarily be complying with that specific order because the order says you did work without a permit. You can't undo that, right? They're likely still going to face a penalty even though they get a permit. The problem is they don't. If you would have just got the permit, it's probably way cheaper that than just the penalty. That hurts that much more. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that that happens. But yeah, that's an example. But I, so I don't So they were know. just ignoring you, hoping that you would just go away in the beginning. Well, I, I guess so. What made you notice it? I, I had a complaint. Eight, 20 by 30 by 18 feet tall? No, I know. But sometimes people don't say a word, man. Right, Charles noticed it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you talk yeah. to him? Superpowers of inspectors. Let's oh, talk boy. about the superpowers of inspectors. Are they equivalent to the superpowers of contractors? <laughs> I don't know what superpowers you guys have. We don't have any. That's oh, the problem. Then no, they're not. They're not equivalent. <laughs> I'll tell you from the Building Code Act. Again, this is Ontario. Sorry for all you uh, listeners out there that aren't from here. Oh, this is the epicenter of construction. That's right. And the yeah. So powers of inspector in the Building Code Act. An inspector may require the production for inspection of documents or things, including drawings or specifications that may be relevant to the building or any part thereof. If I want some detail on, you know, you're installing engineered floor joists and you've drilled a giant hole, please show me the specs from the manufacturer that tells me that hole is acceptable. That's a good one. Yeah. We just so, talked about that. I know. Yep. Um, another one, inspect, remove documents or things relevant to the building or part thereof for the purpose of making copies or extracts. I've never taken things off site. Like 
of any importance, maybe like a brick tie or something, but that's about it. Uh, what else we got here? Require information from any person concerning a matter related to a building or part thereof. Some of these are very vague, but... Engineers? I guess so. <laughs> the, the other one that you'll probably laugh at, where is it? Oh, I can't find it here. I'm sorry. I am curious to go back to the LVL. Is there a way you can drill a hole through it? What's wrong with you, man? Just asking. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the manufacturer, right? Like, uh, was it Weyerhaeuser? Or, I don't know how to say that word. It's Weyerhaeuser. Yeah. They have a spec book. It's not, uh, it's over there. It'll kind of show what holes you can and can't drill. It'll show nailing patterns, but there's so many different scenarios. Like, typically, I'll ask people to bolt a four-ply LVL, but there are situations where it's not required. So it depends on where it's loaded. If it's side-loaded, if it's uniformly side-loaded, or if it's just a, a central, like another beam coming into it, or if it's top-loaded, those things change. So for that example, it depends on the manufacturer's specification. Talking about that, what is your knowledge on packs? What's the amount of packs you can do, like four, five, six? What's the minimum and what's the max? I mean, what's the, what's the max, sorry. Is that, like I, I've heard like, a, like if you're using spruce two by 12, okay. you can only go four. Again, and if you look in part nine, those are acceptable solutions. If you want to start dealing outside, you this, have to read the book. I know. <laughs> now he's making start, me read a book. If you want to start <laughs> dealing with things like that, that's probably when your engineer would come into play. Um, I know for the LVLs, I was just looking at earlier, it says anything over seven inches wide, then you're going to have to get some sort of structural design done. So I don't know how many plies that is. What is it? A, that's five. Five plies. So, yeah. So but that's LVL. That's LVL. Yeah, yeah. That's specific. I'm not talking about spruce. Oh. I'm talking about spruce two by twelve. Over yeah, seven so inches. Again, so that'd it, still be uh, that'd still be over seven inches. But, yes, no, that's five. just specific to that manufacturer. Got it. So if it's not in part nine, to the best of my knowledge, you'd have to have an engineer. Like that, that's the one question. Or the manufacturer. Yeah, I'm trying to figure that out because I, I keep having, like we talked to engineers, but nobody actually gave me a, a direct answer on it. I so don't I guess, know if there is I an answer. I guess I'm left to reading this book. <laughs> I don't know if there Part is an nine. answer in this book for you. It'll probably talk about, you know, three or four ply beams, but if it doesn't specify it in Part 9 as an acceptable solution, you have to look elsewhere for some sort of solution that will be. Can your penalties travel through the trades right into the GC, right into the corporation? Or does it just go strictly to the GC and the corporation? Again, yeah, it depends on the, what the penalty is. But typically, my when I issue my orders to comply, they're to the homeowner. Like their name will be on it. But that's not to say I couldn't give it to the you know the contractor. Is it the homeowner or is it the person who applied for the permit? Typically, it's the homeowner. They're the ones, unfortunately, carrying the burden. Yeah. yeah, they're the ones overseeing the whole job, even though they've hired people. They've hired somebody. You know, I'm paying you to oversee the job, but I'm still kind of overseeing you. That's going to put a little wrinkle in our relationship with the homeowner if they get an order. Yeah, yeah, it can for sure. I mean, if you're the contractor and you do something wrong and then the homeowner without notice just gets some orders saying there's a huge problem on the site. Yeah, I would imagine that could put a damper on your relationship. Well, I've had this many times. People say to me, I, I run into a problem and I go, uh, yeah, I can't go any farther until we get this you know, rectified over here. And they'll be like, don't worry about it, just cover it up. And I'll be like, I can't do that. Who's liable for that? The homeowner. I mean, realistically. Like if I cover it up and I do what the homeowners asked me to do and I just 
cover it up to keep moving on because I got to pay my, I'm just making a, a, a yeah, yeah. you know, I got to pay my bills and I, I, I don't want to lose the job and I want it to keep moving. And is it on me or is it on the homeowner at that point? Because, you know, that will be a conversation I will have with homeowners. And I'll be like, hey, this isn't on me anymore. This is going to be on you. Yeah. I mean, again, it, the, the situation uh, may change, but the, it's hard to prove what contractor did what, you know, when they're working inside someone's home it's very easy to say that the homeowner, they should be aware of what's going on in their own home or property, right? So it's, it's difficult from like a legal perspective to say Carlito did this work when I don't know for a fact that Carlito did this work, right? So, so I take over another project for say four bad contractors that have come through and I miss something and you come on the project. Am I liable for the last four guys if I can't even prove that it was four other guys that did the job? Or is it the homeowner again? Well, it depends on like what you mean by liable. So what do you, what do you mean by like that? Like if, if I'm, if, if they've done some bad shoddy work and I'm just there doing some lipstick, am I liable at any, in any which way? Uh, Aesthetically, no, it doesn't well, matter. Yeah, well, you're covering anything that you cover with drywall, automatically you're, you're hiding it and covering it. So that means that the last guy covering it is actually responsible for it, is it not? depends on the situation if i need to see something that that you have covered up i mean that's about be between you and your uh, client to figure out who's paying for it just recently i was spoken to several guys and no one was giving out permits and nobody was closing them up and allowing guys to go forward and a lot of guys walked from jobs and other guys finished these projects without permits what's going to happen to this whole snowball of events that have happened in the last six months yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how it, it's hard. Like we have to deal with this. Like there's been a lot of work that's been covered up that shouldn't have been covered up because people just wanted their homes back. Yeah, that's a tough one. Again, it's hard to, it doesn't really matter to me who uncovers something. If I need to see it, the cost is going to ultimately come to the client or the homeowner. And then maybe they're going to go after that bad contractor. I've seen it before where someone does a whole bunch of work and then they peel out and uh, they've left just a, a big shit storm, right? It's hard for me to go after some guy who's, you know, gone and... Will you guys unreaching. show... If I needed you to show up to court, would that, would that be something I could subpoena you for to, you know, testify that these are the things you saw in court? If I'm being subpoenaed as like a private individual, or I, I can't imagine why I wouldn't, but I've never run into that situation. I yeah, no, I was just for sure. asking for future reference. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it comes up. I mean... But yeah, I, I'm sure it uh, there's up. just so many scenarios in construction. Like, I, it, you know, I, I talk to people and I hear the craziest stories. So that's why I'm asking these crazy questions. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, no problem. No, it makes sense. I mean, uh, I testify in court when I issue orders and and people are getting penalized for that. Somebody I haven't run into it where somebody's suing someone else and I've have to be a witness. But it makes sense. I would could be a good witness for for their case. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You got a lot of contractors telling you how many houses they built. Yeah, that's great. It's what they start telling you their CV, their resume. They start breaking it all down. Going, by the way, do you realize how many, what I've done? Yeah, but that won't matter because what if you do I, one wrong thing, who cares? It won't matter anymore. I just posted a post this morning about it's not about how many years you've been doing it. It's about the work that you've been doing. Yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, I, I, I told you this. I spent 15 years, my first 15 years in the business. I thought I was doing a damn great job. And then I realized that I'd never learned anything. I just kept doing the same thing over and over again. And eventually I 
needed to pick up a book and learn something. For sure. You yeah. Know? I mean, and I guess that's, uh, that's another thing, like another reason that it's good to have us come by. The problem is, well, not a problem, but not every uh, bit of construction you do requires a permit. So I'm not always going to be there to be a second set of eyes. But yeah, I do have contractors mention to me that uh, it's more times than not after I've raised an issue and say, hey, you know, this isn't uh, quite right. Oh, come on, buddy. I know what I'm doing. I built 30 houses, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't do anything for me. I don't, if anything, it, it's it's very off-putting. I've, I've met one that I can think of contractor who mentioned he's built tons and tons of houses and everything was like amazing uh, that was the only time <laughs> so it doesn't happen often but they do mention it like okay i know what i'm doing you can't be serious this isn't an issue i built this many houses come on and i'm like well i, I don't care how many houses you've done if you built them all wrong too that's that sucks <laughs> that's exactly it that's exactly it that i mean sucks Here's uh, here's a question for you, Mr. Smith. Is sure. <laughs> have you gone down and inspected track building subdivisions? Small sections of it. The reason I bring up the track building is um, you guys can't inspect every single house. And I and I know I, I had a conversation with the GC about the heat recovery stack, where he literally installed it in one house, had it inspected, and then he took it out to put it in the next house and yeah. had it inspected and kept I, on doing that. Yeah. Oh my God. Again, I can't, again, I can't speak for every No, of course not. But that, that I, sounds like more work than just leaving it in. I no, you have to purchase one for every single house, but there's no way that you guys, this goes back to, there's too many op- homes to look at. Yeah. There's no way that you can go into a track subdivision and, and inspect every single house. Yeah. I've gone through some small subdivisions, like maybe 30 or 40 homes, but I've never personally been in one of like two or 300 homes. I suspect, and this is my opinion, it's possible they're not checking every single home as thoroughly as, as the next, because like you mentioned, it's, you don't have the time. No. It, you, you're, you go to a few and they look proper. The next few should probably be proper as well if it's the same builder. Again, I can't say, I can't speak for all inspectors, but I'm assuming maybe that's the case. They'll pick some yeah. at random. It's just like uh, if I was looking at the framing in a house, I might not necessarily look at every single joist hanger, but I'll look at, you know, 10, I'll look at 20 on each floor and the few I didn't see, I'm assuming they're nailed off just like the rest. That's possibly what's happening, but you're right. It's hard to expect one person or a few people to inspect 400 homes in a few days. Once you get into the building department and you pass all your exams, do they also teach you how to read people? and bullshit detect kind of thing. So mm. when you get on site and they're like... I don't think it matters. What do you mean? The you rules are the rules. It doesn't really matter what kind of personality <laughs> I know, but you, you don't have. Per- oh, no, but you don't think GCs will be like all of a sudden bullshitting their way, trying to... I don't know. I, th- I think it got his vibe. Like I, when an inspector comes to my site, I would never say, this is how many houses I built. I would say, That's a why, are you, why are you making me do this? And mm. how can I get around that? Like, I would mm. rather deal with the, the fix than try to convince you of my credentials. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's a waste of time. You yeah. Know? I mean, no, there's no, that's more of a you know, personal <laughs> skill learned through experience. I wasn't taught how to <laughs> read people, but it, you, you quickly learn that if, you know, you give a little, uh, they take a lot, right? 
I like uh, it's true. I could see Manny. Oh, let me just sit down a little bit or have some bread and some olive oil. <laughs> Come on, sit with me. You make it sound <laughs> I give like you some no, no, man, no. I've never bribed anybody because the word. Okay, I'll tell Dude, you. Dude, if you've ever come to this guy's house <laughs> or, or the houses he builds, he'll have a party once a month. My first house that I built, I had this inspector that was like really, really quiet. Okay, just by the book, like, and I respected that, right? And I had every never had. Any major issues with me? Tiny, tiny, tiny. Then, like, the house is finished and final walkthrough. This was the, the wood shower bathroom. So he's walking around, goes through the whole house, and comes across this bathroom that still to this day is my ba- my, my most favorite. Like, I, I love this bathroom, this shower. It was made out of real wood, ash in the okay. shower, right? Waterproof, fully waterproof. This guy walks by and stops and literally goes, holy cow! <laughs> and I'm like, I looked around going, what? He goes, oh, fucking shower is beautiful. Uh, no way. <laughs> really? It's I was wicked. like, okay, I did a good job, right? I was really pleased because this guy was quiet by the book the whole time, right? So yeah. it was. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, I don't I know see, what the point was. Then. I see, no, it's okay. I, I mean, no, no, I you're talking about you know you could have a, a professional guy for so many decades working with you, and then all of a sudden he appreciate something you do and you get a compliment because you must walk in and all of a sudden see good, bad, ugly, great work. Right. Yeah. You were earlier talking about reading people. Um, yeah, yeah. I see lots of nice stuff and I see lots of bad stuff. Unfortunately, I don't inspect for like workmanship. Uh, again, if it, if it overlaps, shame. that actually should be in the code. Well, that's yeah. You know, you what, you know what, it that should fix be a lot of shit, but it, how do you, what's like, what's a good drywall job? What's the minimum? Ask him. Oh, you don't want to get into this with me. <laughs> but that's what I mean. If we asked you what is acceptable and I asked someone else what's acceptable, you're going to have two different answers. It's very hard to quantify or put on the paper how good something should be done. Like paint me a picture of a house and you paint me a picture of a house and we'll compare them. And how do you, how do you say sure. which one should be the one you go with? I think it goes back to that question from that listener where he was asking about the point system with the ESA. Yeah. I mean, ESA, you get electricians who do such great work that eventually ESA inspectors just phone it in. Yeah. They don't even arrive on site. They just go, okay, are you all done? All right, great. All right, okay, here's the sticker. Mm-hmm. Passed. Never I've saw seen, it. I've seen that happen. Never saw it. Never looked at it. Yeah. But based on the history of this But why is it only with electricians, though? They're like... Because that's the only place I've ever seen it, too. Uh, the ESA, they're their own entity, man. They do whatever they want to do. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I mean, it would be nice if there was some sort of ranking system, but I feel like you'd have to hire thousands of people to so- operate some sort of system like that, especially like through the whole province. And oh, the city's got money. <laughs> no, they're spending money. <laughs> you know, that's a great idea. Is becoming, uh, you know, uh, starting a company that puts a, a pointage, like a percentage on a your, on, like makes points. Like, you know, you get there's ten points for a bathroom, um, and these ten points cover these ten things. What's my pointage this week? Yeah. Well, you got only two. <laughs> Why? Because there's no floor. <laughs> no. Maybe you be the 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 GC who arrives and you put stars on your shirts. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all you could do. That you know, and you get like scratch and sniff. Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's getting a little late. Well, you got any more questions or what? No, I'm exhausted. We touched upon <laughs> everything, man. We touched upon a lot. I, I this has been like the most wow you, academic. You, you know, you know what what this has done for me is it's made me realize that you guys are doing a great job 
You keep, are keeping keeping Honestly, uh, got, we're not, keeping we're the houses safe. No, keeping the houses safe. Educating yes. the contractors. But really, there's nothing to worry about when you see an inspector. The only mm. thing you should worry about is that you did your job right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think. I know you've built something and for me to come in and say you made a mistake, it can hurt, but we're both working for the same thing, right? We both want to build a house that's safe and going to last a while and hopefully. And, yeah. and really, if you're one of those bad cowboys that has something to say about inspectors, you're probably not pulling a permit, so you're I'm not going to see Mr. Smith. <laughs> yeah. So you're not even Steel in this. You shouldn't even be even I in this ride. conversation. <laughs> yeah. I'm you, bon Jovi, <laughs> dead or alive? <laughs> no, no. This is. I think this has been a great uh, two uh, two podcasts. This has been really good. So yeah, I feel uh, like we could do uh, two more. Oh, this is like there's so much more, and I'm telling you, you should read that because I'm going to read that. I have it. Yeah, you know, I need to step away from my comfort of hiring or. Uh, giving my work to like I just really focus on what I feel that I need to focus on and I hire people to do the other things for me Manny's very personal with everything in his projects I just want to know what's going on I know what's going on on my projects but mm -hmm. you know there there is a lot to learn bettering yourself and being sharper is definitely I mean this is what this is all about right I find that it's probably going to be a contest who's going to read this book first <laughs> I, I don't think you're going to want to win that contest yeah. <laughs> yeah but there'll be a test though so you can say that you read it but it's going to be a test yeah you're right <laughs> I think bottom line is that all the contractors out there, they're ready to make that step where they're working with somebody and they want to go on their own and start. You'll be the go-to contact with the inspectors like yourself. Don't be afraid of these guys. Don't mm -hmm. think that they're a-holes right from the get-go. They're there to inspect your work that you've done for the code compliances, mm -hmm. not for necessarily the beauty of it yeah. right they'll still appreciate good quality work and a good clean job site and a well-managed job site but you know don't be negative don't be confrontational don't be you know just that well we all have a job yeah and everybody yeah. has to do their job but i think what i'm walking away with this is make sure you have your stamp drawings waiting for the inspector when he shows Blue up pants. Make sure that the place is clean. Don't give him any booties because he's not going to put them on. <laughs> and he's not going to eat sausage. And have those, yeah, have those drawings on site. Yeah, that's a pretty easy one. Have accessibility to sections of the house. Yep. Have the proper staircases. Yeah, that you no need, ladders. And, and handrails. Yep. You know what I mean? And just be nice. Be courtesy. Just, just like be nice, man. Don't. It's you just, know. you know what? We should look at it as not as them being police or inspectors just another trade doing something for us yeah sure. that's a good way to look at it for sure yeah. i mean ask me some questions i might not always have time to answer every question if it's you know code specific i might not answer it because you can hire a code consultant for that but if you want to know you know what's the next inspection stage i should be able to tell you that and we should be able to figure out how to get that inspection done funny yeah. you bring that up because in about a month's time we will have a code consultant on the podcast Ooh, they're gonna dum, dum, be dum, more dum, than dum. me but i do have a very important question to ask you mr smith yes is your first name will <laughs> <laughs> will <laughs> smith <laughs> no is there anything else you want to share mr smith with uh, our audience anything that I, we've covered a lot man but i know there's a lot more but is there any Final words. Are there any hidden vehicles that we need to worry about? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It depends on where... Uh, uh, no, it, it, is, is there something that you could uh, just 
better a contractor with like something that you could just leave them with? I think educating yourself is, is important. Some people still use red tuck tape on their vapor barrier. I don't know why. Do you still do that? I don't use vapor barrier. Oh, okay. I'm I going do. cellulose <clears throat> and I'm going oh. fabric. No, no, now. I, 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 I do because I still deal with. You're supposed to repairing. use blue tuck tape now. Yeah, it's been. Yeah, like, but if you have red, you can still use it, can't no. you? No, you can't. No, no. no. Read so the you book. can't use up your Read old stock. The book. No, that. So I forget the manufacturer. Is it can, uh, can tape or something? The manufacturer. They they put it on a bulletin in 2015. Why why did they stop it? Because it was never tested for that purpose. It was never vapor permeable. Okay, so vapor. this was a conversation we had one time when we did insulation. I was told by somebody in insurance. They said to me, "I want you to double the red tape up to make up for what year? Remember we were talking about what that decade? Was no, I'm this? just I'm just curious. I mean, it might be something that I've never seen anybody do that. I don't see any. So <laughs> I don't see any reason for that to be acceptable because it's not. It's not an acceptable product. Kind of product to use for that. Mm -hmm. So if you put five layers of an unacceptable product, it doesn't really make a difference. Listen, okay, so everyone walking, that's listening. So walking away from this, get rid of your red tape. No, well, for, you, you no, can use it for no, Tipar and stuff. No, you still need the red tape because you have to repair your taillights. <laughs> or you could use it in stucco. <laughs> <laughs> The point is that it's great that you brought that up is that the code is changing. There's always mm -hmm. amendments coming in and there are always better ways to build. But unfortunately, there's also the, like those heat recovery stack crap things that will eventually, I believe, be taken out and something else will come in. I really wise. hope that they get removed. Right. But I mean, it, it won't happen unless we bark and we need to bark. Right. How about if we stick together? Yeah. Contractors, yeah. everybody work together to build better. So yeah. we want to thank you very much. Thank you guys. No, really appreciate you being on the show. It's been a really good show. Thank you so much, Great. man. Honestly, and and guys, send out more questions because I'm sure we can yeah, do was, another follow up and wicked. bring and oh, bring yeah. Mr. Will Smith back. Yes, you know, not the real Will Smith, and but we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll get jiggy with it. You know, you know, the, the, I was really looking forward to a top secret inspector on our show. We've never what, done like what, what something. What we only know what he looks like. Yeah, Wait, we on. only know. That means we're in trouble now. We're accessories. <laughs> <laughs> We're witnesses. Uh oh. Did you, dun, did you dun, say? Dun, dun. <laughs> Get us out of here. Thank you, Mr. Smith. Really appreciate it. This was an interesting two podcast. We talked a lot about inspection, building code, everything. I love this one, man. This was great. Get us out of here. Straight out of TO. What? The 416. <laughs> oh, and his Instagram handle is. <laughs> and he's got blue eyes. Oh. <laughs>